0: If you have a high risk of developing breast cancer, here's information on how to protect yourself as much as possible and catch problems early when the chances of curing the disease are the greatest. My guest today is Dr. Sunny Mitchell, the Medical Director of the Breast Center at Montefiore Nyack Hospital. Dr. Mitchell has extensive experience working with high-risk breast cancer populations. This is HealthTrack the podcast from Montefiore Nyack Hospital. I'm Aileen Ellis. So, Dr. Mitchell, who is at the highest risk for breast cancer
1: and how should they be monitored? In general, individuals who may be at higher risk for breast cancer are those that may uh, be gene positive, have tested positive for having A gene that confers an increased risk of breast cancer. They may be also individuals who've had a previous breast cancer. They may have other risk factors where they've had breast biopsies that have demonstrated atypia. Some of those individuals we know are at an increased risk of breast cancer in the future. They may have had certain types of radiation exposure in the past. They may have a family history of breast cancer or other uh, disorders or situations that also confer an elevated risk of breast cancer. So there's a, there's quite a number of, of ways you can be at increased risk of breast cancer. So, Dr. Mitchell, what monitoring do you
0: recommend for people who are at a higher risk?
1: The best tool that we have for screening right now is a mammogram, which, which is essentially an x-ray of the breast. And generally, uh, the radiologist will take a few different views, so or a few different snapshots of uh, that mammogram picture of the breast. We also have the ultrasound, which when added to the mammogram is able Uh, to pick up more cancers, you know, within the population, within the number of people that get screened. Um, And then the third modality that we have that may be especially useful in high risk and in high risk that are younger aged women would be a breast MRI. So uh, between the three of those, either a combination of two of them, at least one of them being the mammogram, uh, and then sometimes all three may be utilized for someone when they're high risk. It, it's a individualized strategy.
0: When it comes to the mammogram, I'm assuming you'd recommend the gold standard, the 3D mammogram?
1: The 3D mammogram is, is great. Yes, definitely.
0: And how often should they have these tests? More often than the average person who's looking to find out if they
1: have anything that's of trouble? That's a really good question. The, the standard of care for the general population right now is a screening mammogram or a mammogram once a year unless the radiologist recommends a short-term follow-up maybe come back in six months and we'll get another mammogram or an ultrasound, something like that. When you're high risk, you you still follow the same guidelines or routines of, of a mammogram once a year. It, it's a really good question because what they found in general is that the one-year interval for breast imaging, for breast screening is very effective. There's really no benefit to um, to preemptively you know, get a mammogram every eight months for the rest of your life or something like that. So so one year should be quite effective.
0: And if somebody, for example, has particularly dense breasts, would the ultrasound be more effective or would
1: you just recommend the 3D mammogram or both? Dense breasts, that's physiologic, meaning normal. Dense breast does not really confer a meaning of abnormality. Dense breasts are normal. The only reason that we end up talking about them really is because uh, sometimes it's difficult to read a mammogram on breasts that are dense. It kind of looks a little bit like a whiteout. So the addition of an ultrasound at that time or at some point in time, Uh, to that mammogram is definitely helpful. And what about men? Are men at high risk for breast cancer too? Well, men can be at high risk for breast cancer if they have any of those uh, high risk characteristics. So if they're gene positive, if they have other, uh, you know, the same, all the other characteristics that we mentioned uh, for women as well, they, they can be, yeah.
0: So if a person is diagnosed with breast cancer and they come to you, you take a patient-centered holistic approach. And what does that mean?
1: So what that means is that you utilize evidence-based medicine. So all of the treatment strategies and um, algorithms for how we know how to treat each each breast cancer is highly data-driven, um, essentially protocol-driven. So there's a tremendous amount of data and numbers, um, statistics, rationale for why we offer the specific treatment to an individual. So while we do that, at the same time, it's it's very important to listen to the individual who's a patient and make sure that they fully understand what their options are. Oftentimes, there are more than one you know, there's more than one surgical option, for example, for a, a lot of women. And there may be more than one uh, chemotherapy options or, or medication-based options. The same may go for radiation therapy as well. So to make sure that uh, people who, when they're in the role of a patient, actually are fully informed and and are able to participate in that decision-making process uh, when offered options that are all evidence-based, all standard of care strategies and and treatments. And then an additional component is this component that we call survivorship, meaning from the time an individual is is diagnosed with breast cancer, um, we make a conscious effort to think of how we are going to facilitate uh, not only the process of the ability of that patient uh, to process the diagnosis of a breast cancer, but to facilitate getting them through all of the different treatments that breast cancer may entail, and making sure that we are not only taking care of you know removing the cancer with surgery, for example, giving medications and radiation therapy to help decrease the risk of of this individual having to deal with breast cancer again and also. Uh, completing the treatment process, but also take into account that person's psychosocial and emotional needs as well.
0: And let's talk about the surgery for just a minute, because you're also a specialist in one particular type of surgery where you can save part of the breast and even sometimes part of the nipple. And I'm wondering if you can describe what that is and who's a candidate for it.
1: The world of breast surgery has come very far over the years, and and that's directly in response to uh, all of the Data um, that we have and all of the uh, basic science research that has been accomplished, um, allowing us to have a greater knowledge of breast cancer and breast anatomy, as well as a, a, a time period where technology um, affords us, you know, excellent tools to be able to accomplish these things. So, an example uh, would be. There's two types of breast surgery. One is a mastectomy, which is removing all of the breast tissue under the skin, and the other is a lumpectomy, which is removing just a portion of the breast, the part that has cancer, and leaving the breast in place. So what we can do now um, for many, if not most women, is do what's called a nipple-sparing mastectomy, and that's where all of the breast tissue is removed under the skin, but the Nipple and all of the skin is left in place. So when you combine that with immediate reconstruction, you know when the patient comes out of surgery that day and they look down at their chest, they are going to look like they have breasts. It's much less of a drastic change um, from what we, what we used to do. Mastectomies used to routinely uh, remove the nipple. And um, so now we know that for the most part, most people can be preserved. And then, as far as lumpectomy or breast conservation, we now have the tools and the knowledge base to be able to perform surgery via more remote incisions. We can operate on lesions or cancers that we used to think automatically needed a mastectomy based off of the size or the location of the of the cancer of the lesion so it's just a whole new world it's very good for the patient is there anything else you'd like to add i would add that uh most breast cancer is incredibly treatable and it is it's well worth the time and the effort to you know please take care of yourself and and get that mammogram uh every year it's a bit of a nuisance but you know we need all of you out there <laughs> Living and participating in life, and uh, early detection is definitely the key. It's, it's treatable, and you can then move on with the rest of your life.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Mitchell, for your time. That's Dr. Sonny Mitchell, the medical director of the Breast Center at Montefiore Nyack Hospital. That wraps up this episode of our Health Track podcast. For more information or to schedule a consultation appointment, please call 845 348 8551 or head over to our website at montefiornayac.org breastcenter to get connected to one of our providers. If you found this podcast as helpful as I did, share it on your social media with your friends and family, and be sure to check out the entire podcast library with topics of interest to you. I'm Aileen Ellis. Thanks for listening.